Well, good morning. Glad you're with us today and do pray that the Lord will bless you for being a part of this live stream coming to you from the auditorium of Whitland Memorial Baptist or for those of you that are part of our church family uh, from the auditorium here. And so we're glad you're here and glad you're with us today. And well, you're not here, but you're there and I'm glad you have joined us. Uh, today is Mother's Day. No, and we're not at church, all of us. Things are a little bit different because it's, you know, typical for my life and for my family. Mother's Day is going to church as part of the celebration and giving away flowers and things like that. But we can't do it, but we can still celebrate Mother's Day. So let me encourage you to not let the circumstances affect your celebration. Let me encourage you to thank your mom if she's still around and compliment her, do something special for her and uh, make it a great day for her. Great day for her. Now, a uh, couple of announcements real quick, just to let you know, uh, on Facebook, on the Facebook page, we have had two videos loaded in that you can watch and want to encourage you to go back and watch them. And uh, one of both of them I've used here at church in the past. And uh, one of them is called the uh, Mom Song. If you've never heard that, you want to go hear it. It's to the tune of the William Tell Overture. And the lady that does it does a great job on the Mom Song. And uh, it'll, it'll be something, I hopefully it'll bring a smile to your face, to all you mothers and to others. It's kind of cute. And, and then we've got another one out there called Monday by the Williamsons. And there's a link to it. And so let me encourage you, Monday by the Williamsons. I watched it again last night. I watched it two times. I got to tell you, I got convicted by it. And um, let me encourage you to watch those and share those links on your Facebook page. Those will be great videos for today, especially the Monday by the Williamsons, a great message in that song. Um, we've had some questions about openings come to me. Um, I know there are things going on right now about opening church services and businesses and things like that. And the questions come up, when are we going to open? We have not set a, a specific date yet. Let me just go over again and let me just say what will drive our opening. Number one is the safety of our church family. We want to make sure that our the health of our church family is uh, is taken care of the best we can. And uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. None of us are doctors, but we listen to different ones, and uh, we're going to listen to city guidance. We're going to listen to state guidance. Uh, we're going to look at the city orders. We've got guidance from other groups we use, some legal groups that we use, and uh, then our preparations. You know, we are making preparations to open. What are we going to do different? Things like that. I will tell you this, when we open, there will be a difference or two. And just so you know, um, I've already made the decision that when we open, we will not have Sunday school. And so we will not open with Sunday school. And so just so you know, Sunday school is more close-knit, get children in, in classrooms, stuff like that. But we will not have Sunday school when we open, just so you know. And, uh, and then the decisions will be made down the road about opening Sunday school back up and, you know, when, if, what, the whole, uh, the whole decision-making process. There's also a second thing I am looking at, and that's the possibility of two morning services, looking at an early service and a late service, and so to split the crowd up. So um, those are things looking at. I know that will also mean some other things. And so be in prayer about those things, and let's just ask the Lord to give us guidance, okay? Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to be looking in Proverbs 31 this morning. Proverbs 31. So if you've got a Bible, you can get it out and be prepared. If you have your smartphone, you can get it, or your iPad, or your computer, whatever you have. 
uh, you know, and uh, whichever operating system you use, let me encourage you to be prepared for that in just a few minutes. We'll be in Proverbs 31 today. And uh, so let me encourage you to be prepared. So let's go ahead and pray. Ask the Lord to bless our time together. Then Brother West is going to sing for you this morning. Father, we thank you for today and we thank you and we pray that you bless us today as we come. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to do this. Yes, it's strange times. But Father, your word can still go out and we can gather around and watch it. And now, Father, I pray the Holy Ghost of God will just do a work today. And Father, I pray you'd use me to preach the Word of God and help me to give out the truths of your Word. Forgive me where I failed you. Lord, thank you for 1 John 1, 9. It's still in the Bible. Thank you that you're still God that loves us even though we fall. And Father, I just pray that you'd bless us. I pray that you'd take care of our church family. I pray you'd heal the sick, take this COVID situation away, heal those that are touched by it. And Father, I just pray that you'd touch those that have other diseases such as cancer and Parkinson's and dementia and other things. Father, heal them. There are some this morning that I know that are sick. I pray your hand to be upon them and heal them up. And Father, I pray you give our leaders of our city, our state, our country, guidance, Father. Help them to do the right things. Father, I pray you'd save them. Father, I pray you bring revival to our midst, bring revival to our church, bring revival to our city, our state, our country. Father, I just pray you'd work. Bless the nation of Israel today. Bring peace. And Father, I just pray that out of everything, that you would be honored and glorified. Use this message today to touch hearts, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Brother West is going to sing for you this morning, and uh, God bless you, Brother West. When the wounds go deeper than words And you can't tell a soul I may not know what you're going through And may not can make that high mountain But there's one thing i found to share the burden to bear. Whisper peace when your world is shattered. If it's your greatest joy or your deepest pain, Oh, 
to share the burden to bear. Whisper peace when no one can share. Give it your greatest joy for your deepest pain. Don't quietly need an answer if it matters to you. It matters to the master. Appreciate that, Brother Wes, and appreciate him singing. It's good to be back in the auditorium where we can have special music, and I trust you'll say amen to that. Take your Bible this morning again and turn to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. And uh, I was trying to think of the last time I preached from Proverbs 31. And I got to tell you, it has been a while, and I probably need to do that more often and uh, go to Proverbs 31. But Mother's Day, Proverbs 31, is where we're going to be today. And uh, Proverbs 31, as you're there, and uh, I, I want to read. Uh, I wasn't going to read the whole passage, but I've decided to do it. I was only going to read the first verse of, of, this, of the passage I want to look at, but I want to read the whole passage to you. You say, we're going to read the whole chapter? No, we're going to start in verse 10. That is where we're going to start this morning. Proverbs 31 and verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like merchant ships that bringeth, uh, she bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretched out her hand to the poor, yea, or excuse me, she stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her, uh, for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself a covering of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, delivereth girdles to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. 
Let's pray. Father, bless our time in the Word of God. Give us what we need, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, the passage has been well known uh, in years gone by, and I got to thinking about this. You know, it's time to bring this passage back in our modern world. It really is. Time to bring it back. The passage you and I just read in verses 10 through 31 has often been called the Proverbs 31 woman. The Proverbs 31 woman. Now, I'd like to encourage you to go and read it and study it. You said, wait a minute, Brother Scott, some of this stuff in here doesn't apply to us, you know, where she, you know, kind of like the merchant ships and things like that and whatever. And, and I know everybody's going to say, well, you know, that dealt with a different day. day. Well, some of these specific things did, but the application and some of the things there talk about women and the kind of person they ought to be. And so I want to encourage everybody to go out and read it and study it, especially young women and young men. Now, why do I say that? Why do I say young men, men and young women need to go out and read this? Why? Because, number one, they need to see what the Bible says about woman, womanhood, what is good, what is wholesome, and they need to get a right view of womanhood, need to get a right view. And especially as I was looking at this, I'll tell you, one verse really jumped out at me, and it jumped out for several reasons, but that is verse 30. Down in verse 30, says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. You think about that verse for a minute. We live in a day where people are concerned about their looks more than anything else. They have the makeup going on. They have the clothing going on. They have the sex appeal going on. They have the photo shoots going on. They have, how do I look like this, like this, like this, all that kind of stuff. And he's talking about the vanity of this. And then he's talking about what is truly important, a woman that fears the Lord. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong with nice clothes or makeup or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But what I see today is there is a push on how people look and things of that nature. Now, the question comes up right here, why should men look at this? Why should men? Because I'm going to tell you, men need to be given a high view of womanhood. They need to get a high view of womanhood. And secondly, they need to get a biblical view of what a woman is. A woman is not a piece of property. A woman is not a plaything. A woman is not a sex object. You know, we need to get that out there so people understand that. And, and plus, a man needs to know the kind of spouse he ought to be looking for. If he's going to get married, he needs to know the kind of spouse he ought to be looking for. You know, and, and uh, making sure he gets the right kind of spouse. And women need to know the, the, how, the right kind of women they need to be. Now, in Proverbs 31, there are a couple things that stand out real quick right up front. In Proverbs 31... He starts off with verse 10. Verse 10 is the key, one of the keys. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. We'll come back to that in a little bit. But he's talking about a virtuous woman. And this is where people say, hey, this is where you can get a model of the kind of women that we need to have. And then, but you come down, one thing that stands out to me in verses 28, 29, 30, and 31. Verses 28, 29, 30, and 31. In there, we see these words that her children call her blessed. She praiseth. She's praised. Praised. You see those words here. In verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he what? Praiseth her. By the way, guys, we need to do a lot more praising to our wives, do we not? Okay, guys, go ahead and say amen. Women, don't poke them, don't beat them, you know, or don't do that, you know. Uh, but men, we need to do a lot more praising. Children, we need to do a lot more saying we're blessed to have the moms we got. If you've got a good mom, you ought to jump up and down and thank God for that. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has that. You know, and it, it's sad that that's true today. 
Look at verse 30. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. A woman that fears God is going to be praised. We'll get into that meaning in a minute. Verse 31, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. So we see here that her praise, number one, comes from family, her children and husband. Number two, her praise comes from her fear of the Lord in verse 30. And then her praise comes from her own works. Think about that, her own works. Now, I want to talk about being a Proverbs 31 woman. You say, Brother Scott, you're a man. You shouldn't be talking about this. Well, my job is to preach the Word of God, and this is part of the Word of God, so we're going to talk about a Proverbs 31 woman. I'll leave a woman to talk to some of the more woman things, but I can give you some things to think about this morning when it comes to being a Proverbs 31 woman. Now, think about being a Proverbs 31 woman, and guys, you need to know this too. Now, to be a Proverbs 31 woman, number one, you need to have a right relationship with God a right relationship with God. Remember I said, come back to verse 30 again. Verse 30, notice he says, favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Do you see that line, a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised? Did you catch that? A lot of people have the wrong idea of the fear of the Lord. You know, when they think of the fear of the Lord, somebody thinks about a bully. You know, we have bullying that goes on a lot today. You know, and, and that shouldn't go on. You know, when I was in high school, I had a bully that used to bug me all the time. He sat right behind me in a class. And, uh, and he decided that I would be the object of his affection. You know, and I'm talking about his bullying is what I'm talking about. And it was relentless to the place where I didn't even want to go to school some days. So I understand that a little bit. But that's not what he's talking about when he's talking about God. He's not talking about fearing God. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about a God that's up there with a ball bat waiting on you to get out of line and say, go ahead, get out of line. Pop! Go ahead and get out of line. Pop! No, that's not what he's talking about. The fear of the Lord refers to three things. It refers to three things. Number one, it's having a right view of God. A right view of God. And folks, in our day and age, we need to have a right view of God. Number two, it talks about a reverence for God. A reverence for God. Uh, I think it was Schofield, uh, it was Mr. Schofield said, uh, um, um, the one that put out the notes in the Schofield Bible, stated that, that the fear of God is a reverence for God with a hatred of evil. Boy, that is so true. Why? Because God's a holy God. But it's a reverence for God. You know, is revering God. Have you heard people talk about the old man upstairs talking about God? That is not reverence for God. That is not reverence for God. But then number three, the third thing of the fear of the Lord is not only a right view of God, a reverence for God, but a relationship with God. Now, folks, think about it. You and I need to have a right relationship with God, no matter whether you're a man or a woman. You need to have a right relationship with God and have a right relationship with God. Number one, right view of God comes from the Bible comes from the Bible. If you want to have a right view of God, you need to get into the Bible, read the Bible, see what the Bible says about God. Don't believe what everybody else says. We live in a day and an age where people want to make up their own view of God. No, you can't do that. You can't view it. It's kind of like electricity. I would love to have my own view of electricity, but let me tell you something. Electricity works a certain way. All I know is I walk in the building here, flick a light, flick a, a switch, and a light comes on. Thank God for that, right? Or I come in and set the thermostat over here, and uh, air conditioning comes on. Or in the winter, set it, and the heat comes on if it's working right. But the thing about it is, is it works a certain way. You and I need to have the same kind of view of God. We need to have a Bible view of God, the right view of Him. 
But also, not only do we need to have that Bible view of God, we need to have belief in Christ. Why? In order to have a relationship with God, you need to have the right view of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, that if you believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. That he, see, Jesus died, came to this earth. He left the glory of heaven, came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross as your servants do, rose from the dead, and then ascended back to heaven. Now, if you want to be saved, you've got to have that belief system. You've got to have belief in Christ, and then you must accept Christ as your Savior. Why? Because the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way you and I can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. The only way to have a relationship with God is through the Son, Jesus Christ. You reject the Son, you're rejecting God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is one with the Father. They are one. So to reject Christ is reject the Father. My friend, you must have Him. So let me ask you, have you accepted Christ? The only way to have a right relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. So have you made Jesus Christ your Savior? Has there been that time when the Spirit of God brought conviction to your heart, showed you your need of Christ, you were a sinner, Jesus died for you, and you by faith repented and accepted Christ as your Savior? I'm talking about a personal knowledge of Jesus as Savior. Not a religion, not being part of a Christian family, but a personal relationship. Maybe there's a young person listening to me today. Let me tell you something. Just because mom and dad may be saved doesn't mean you're saved. You need to be saved too. You need that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You need that. So number one, Proverbs 31, woman has a personal relationship with Christ. Number two, Proverbs 31, woman. You want to be that? You want to be that? Okay. How about this? What about having a sincere faith? A sincere faith. As I thought about this message, and I thought about Proverbs 31, I look at a woman here, you know, I look at that right relationship with God, I look at about a reverence for God. Here's a person that has a sincere faith. Sincere faith. And when I thought about that, I thought about Timothy. I did. I thought about Timothy, the young preacher. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, these words are said to Timothy. He says, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience without that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Then, verse 5, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Notice that. He told Timothy, I thank God for you. When I think about the unfeigned faith that's in you. Now, you say, wait a minute, Brother Scott, I thought we are talking about women. We are. Hang on. I'll get there. But he talks about the unfeigned faith. What is he talking about? He's talking about his sincere faith. His sincere faith is the idea. Think about that for a minute. Now the question comes up, where did he get that kind of faith? Would you like to know where he got it? The verse tells us right there. The Bible tells us. Verse 5 again, 2 Timothy 1.5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Think about that. Where did Timothy get his faith? Where did he get that sincere faith? Where did he get that strong, sincere faith? He got it from his mom, who got it from his grandmother. Did you catch that? He got it from his mom, who got it from his grandmother. Hey, we need ladies, guys, all of us need to have a sincere faith. We need to be believers. We need to know what we believe. We need to live our beliefs. It needs to be seen in our lives. It doesn't need to be just talk. A lot of people have just talk. We need to share it with our children, and then we need to be an example of it. That's sincere faith. I'm not talking about having a religion. 
You know, some people treat Christianity and treat church-type stuff as, well, I go to church, when they get home on Sunday, they take their clothes off, they get in their regular clothes, and they forget about it the rest of the week. A sincere faith lives it all the time. And, they, and a sincere faith is lived before our children and before our friends, before our co-workers, the whole nine yards. A sincere faith. We need to have that strong, sincere, real faith. Real. We don't need to be playing games. Do you have a real faith? Have you truly been saved? Have you got into the Word of God and found out what the Bible says? Do you have that relationship with God where you're reading the Bible and you're praying? Do you have that real faith? You know, I, 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 I've heard several testimonies over the year, and I usually share this testimony in a different way, but I uh, one time at a church I pastored here in Nashville before, we had a testimony meeting, and, and I always loved it. I always knew I'd have one lady that would always stand up first and jump up and, and give a testimony. She just sit right down here on the front, and uh, she sat on the second pew. Our organist sat on the front pew, and this dear lady sat on the second pew, and she'd jump up, and she'd always say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, that verse from Psalms. And then we'd go around the room. I never forget one day went around the room, and I got over here to this side over here, and a man stood up, and he said, Preacher, I thank God, and this was his testimony, that I thank God, and he named the age at the age of, and I, I can't remember exactly. I think I do. I'm not going to say it just in case I'm wrong. But he said, at the age of such and such, my mother led me to Christ at her knee. My mother led me to Christ at her knee. And some of you that have known me for a few years and maybe went to that church years ago, you know who I was talking about. Think about that for a minute. His mom led him to Christ at her knee. Mom, Dad, have you led your children to Christ? Are you living your life so that your children see your faith? Do you have that kind of faith? Or is yours more in word only? Yes, you talk about God, but is your faith sincere? Is your faith real to where you bring your children to Christ? You bring your children into the family. What kind of faith do you have? I hear parents all the time saying, I want to see my kids saved. And then the parents live like the devil. They don't live it in front of their kids. So their children are saying one thing, or their children are hearing you say one thing, but they're seeing your life say something else. Why should they get saved if it doesn't match up? We need to have that sincere faith. Let me give you a third thing to be a Proverbs 31 woman if you want to get there. Um, number one, you need to have a right relationship with God. Number two, you need to have a sincere faith. Number three, you need to have the right priorities. You need to have the right priorities. I'll tell you one of the things that jumped out at me is I read Proverbs 31, and I've read it several times. And what I did also is I took a red pen. I took a red pen, and I underlined the things that stood out to me. I underlined those things. I read it the first time, and the only thing I did was I kind of put a mark at verse 10, or down here where it starts. I put a black mark there. And then there was another passage that stuck, stood out to me in verse 23, and I put a little black mark under verse 23, and then I went through and I started reading, I started marking all the red that sticks out to me. Yeah, there's a section here that doesn't have a lot of red, but I was just trying to point out things that stuck out to me. And one of the things that jumped out at me as I read this, and i got to tell you that jumped out at me, here is a woman that has her priorities in order. She has her priorities in order. You know, God is a priority. Family is a priority, or husband's a priority, or children are a priority. 
you know, taking care of them is a priority. You can go through the passage and she has her priorities in order. What kind of priorities do you have? You know, I've read about people that their priority is having fun, not their family. I've read priorities as some people, their priority is their career, not their kids. Let me tell you something. One of these days you're going to look back and you're going to say, oh, if I could only go back and change some things. I bet David there in 2 Samuel where he said, would God I had died, thee, died for thee, had said, oh, if I could only go back and change some of the decisions I've made. We need to make sure we have the right priorities in life. Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We need to have the right priorities. I'm not saying that having a career is wrong or having fun is wrong, but we need to make sure our priorities are right. I preached several years ago and I said this, the top three priorities in my life need to be this, in this order, number one, God, number two, my family, number three, my church. God, family, and church. That's in my life. God, family, and church. You get God right, the family will be right. Get the family right, then church will be right. You know, we need to get that right. Where are your priorities today? God number one. Then under God, is it your family? And you know, these other things. Don't forget your spiritual life. Spiritual life. Then number four, the fourth thing this morning. Number one. Right relationship with God. Number two, sincere faith. Number three, right priorities. And then number four, be a Proverbs 31 woman, need to be biblically aligned, scripturally aligned. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Scott? You need to follow what the Bible says about womanhood. Follow what the Bible says. We have all kinds of groups out there today that are talking about what a woman ought to be like, how a woman ought to be treated how women ought to view themselves. You know, what? And, and can I be honest with you? There are confusing voices. This one over here says this. This one over here says this. This one over here says this. This one says this, unless it doesn't fit their model. And then if you disagree with it, they, this one gets upset. And you have all kinds of voices. My friend, for the child of God, for the Christian, we need to line up with what the Bible says. And Proverbs 31 is a great place to start lining up with the kind of woman you need to be. And guys, the kind of women we need to be looking for. I saw, I saw an article this week, and I watched it, and it was a video. And there was a certain woman who was, a, who was an actress that they were making fun of, that they were saying you wouldn't believe. And, and there's an actress that, that very, uh, you know, kind of popular. And, and they were making fun of this woman because she and her husband and kids were trying to follow the biblical family model. They were making fun. Said, you've got to watch this person because they follow this model. That, and that's almost what it said. Folks, it's sad when we live in a day and age where people criticize people for following the Bible, the Word of God. But you and I don't need to worry about what everybody else says. We need to worry about what the Bible says, right? You know, Proverbs 31, I went through it and, and uh, I wrote these things down. And I wrote, you know, and I looked up, you can go out on the web and you can look up description of a Proverbs 31 woman and things like that. And, but I went through and I found, and I wrote some things down here. 
I put down, first of all, she knows the Lord, verse 30. She feareth the Lord, you know. Again, go to that right view of God, a reverential trust of God, and, and then a relationship with God. Number two, she has a strong moral character. Look at verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? Virtuous there has the idea of strength. Strength, a strong woman. There's nothing wrong with having a strong woman. I know somebody says, well, we need to have a meek spirit. Yes, but she needs to be strong in morals and things like that, moral character. You look over in verse 25, look what it says about her there. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. Number three, third thing, so she knows the Lord. Number two, she's strong moral character. Number three, she is faithful. Look at verses 11 and 12. The heart of her husband that safely trusts in her, so that he shall have no need to spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She's faithful to her husband, her family. Number four, she cares for her family. She cares for her family. She loves her family and takes care of her family. Look at verse 15. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and portion to her maidens. Verse 21. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed with scarlet. She's not afraid of the cold weather because she's taken care of to see they're taken care of. Verse 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. I mean, think about it. She cares for her family, takes care of them. Number five. Fifth thing I saw is she cares for others. You look down in verse 20, it says, She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hand to the needy. She, she also cares about other people, cares about those in need, is willing to help others. Number six, she's kind. Look at verse 26. Verse 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. You know, I hate to tell you, I wrote in my notes, her tongue is not like a poisonous snake, you know? And, uh, and don't ask me why I thought about the uh, tongue being like a snake. I thought of it, maybe it's from the study in James the other night, but, uh, but she's kind, you know, and, and this woman is kind. Uh, number seven, she's a good steward. Look at verse 16. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hand. She planteth a vineyard. Now I know, you know, maybe we don't see some of that in our day and age where they have to go work fields, but some people do. And um, look at verse 24. Verse 24, she maketh fine lemon and selleth it and delivereth uh, girdles to the merchants. In other words, she's not wasteful. She's a good manager of things. You know, good manager just doesn't, uh, you know, she knows how to, to manage and be a good steward and not blow the funds, things like that. Verse 8, I mean, number 8, she's industrious. Boy, this is a good one. This is a good one. And you see this all the way through, but look at verse 16, what it says. Verse 16, she considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hand. She planteth a vineyard. You know, she works. Verse 19, she layeth her hands upon the spindle. Her hands hold the distaff. You know, verse 27, I like this one. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Not the bread of idleness. Now, what do you mean she's industrious? Brother Scott, it shows she's a worker. Yes. The idea here is, though, she's busy. She's not idle. She's not lazy. You know, she just doesn't sit at home and and just, just uh, you know, get caught up in the cares of life and gossip and things like that. You know, she's not that kind of person. Verse 9. Verse 9. I mean, number 9, rather. Not verse 9. Number 9. She is looked highly on. She is looked highly on. Did you read that in verses 28 through 31 a while ago? She looked highly on by her family. She looked highly on by others. She's looked highly on by God. She's the kind of person you look highly on. Are you ready? Note the tenth thing I wrote down. She's of great value. She's of great 
value. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. Now, the idea of her price far above rubies is not like going to the market and purchasing something. Okay, It's not like running down to Walmart and purchasing something off the shelf. You know what he's talking about? Her worth. Her worth. That's what he's talking about. Her worth. And he's talking about this kind of woman is worth her weight in gold. In other words, we need to see the value of our moms and our wives, not just monetary. But you know, I got to thinking about this. I wrote myself a note here that there's probably not enough praise for our spouses, not enough praise for our moms, not enough praise for our family members, you know? But that's a Proverbs 31. And and you could go through this probably yourself and find all kinds of things here. But I wrote this down and, and I looked at this and I'm like, wow. Wow. And the question I have today is, where are you and I at in this? Now, you said, bro, Scott, you're talking about women. Yes, but men need to know this too. And let's be honest, guys, you and I need to line up to some of this too. Think about this. Is this us? Ladies, is this you? Are you saved? Do you have a sincere faith? Is your priorities in line? Are you trying to adapt to what the Bible says for a woman? Are you trying to do that? My friend, if you don't know Christ, that's where it starts. Starts with making Jesus your Savior. My friend, do you know Christ? Have you been saved? You said, Brother Scott, I prayed a prayer years ago. Okay, that's good. Glad to hear that. That doesn't mean you're saved. What it means is, did the Holy Spirit do something in your heart? And now, is that faith real or is it something you just did? I heard a preacher years ago say this. He said, I'm afraid that what we've been doing with some of this prayer, prayer stuff is we've been inoculating people instead of getting people the cure. In other words, my friend, when you get saved, it ought to change your life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'll tell you, one of the tests, whether you're saved, are you living it? Are you obedient to the Lord? Do you love others? Read 1 John. He gives the characteristics of a child of God. Characteristics. And then he follows up by saying, by this shall all men know. But then he follows up by saying, these things, the things in 1 John, have it written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know you have eternal life. You say, Brother Scott, it's not by faith. It's not by works, rather. It is by faith. It's not by works. But your works should show your faith. And if your works don't show your faith, did you really get it? Let's pray this morning. God bless you. It's Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. If there's one that needs to be saved, Father, I pray you'd touch them. Child of God needs to do business, I pray you'd work. Father, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for our moms. Father, would you tell my mom I said hi? Thank you for her. Father, I just pray that you bless now. Help us to be appreciative of everything you've done for us. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. It's Mother's Day. If your mother's still around, call her, tell you you love her, and let her know that you thank God for her. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.